Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Welcome to Warren Radio. This is Tower, and I'm here with the Watchman, and we are glad you joined us. Please send all your prayer requests and correspondence to us through our contact page on warn-usa.com. You can find Warren Radio on USA.life, MeWe, Parlor, CloudHub, Tumblr, Pure Social, Spreely, and Linktree. You can listen to our shows on warn-usa.com and also danaglinsmith.com. You can also find Warren Radio on the following website streamers, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcast, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Anchor, Deezer, Podchaser, and Verbal. And don't miss the following posts on warn-usa.com or andanaglinsmith.com. Time, Tide, and Eternity. The Apostle Paul wrote the Corinthians that in this life only we have hope in Christ. We are of all men most miserable. Our hope lies beyond this life. Showers of Blessings in time harvest. Showers of blessing. This phrase is connected with the greatest end time prophecy of all time. In the context of this is also a paramount warning to the shepherds today of the Lord's flock. Deceitfulness, discernment, and decision. This call came to a this call came to send John out of the wilderness to the people so the message would be heard. Today we need to hear a call like this, make straight paths, and don't get caught up in society. Keys to Living in a Lawless World Gospel Keys to Living in Our Lawless World is paramount to know. While there are many keys and and much wisdom in Scripture, here are some to help. Antichrist, America, the Pseudo-Replacement while the, while the anti-God, anti-constitutional, and godless hype pushes forward, many in America may accept it. I do not. Today, it is not unheard of to have an elected official blatantly anti-Christian. Striving for, striving for faith of the gospel is more a reality today than ever before. Thus, it behooves us to form a united front for the completion of the proclamation of the gospel of Christ to all nations. And on warn-usa.com, this, this, this series is found here in the nav bar under Warren Radio Classic Series. It will say B2 Prophets Isaiah's Series, and it's Isaiah's Prophetic Book Series. And you can find this long-running Isaiah series on this site. And on DanaGlynSmith.com, don't miss this post. Nephilim, the 13th floor, Lucifer risen. Now deep within the 13th floor of the underground base, the secret is revealed. They don't advertise it but they are giddy with excitement because the best laid plans of men cannot stop them now. Be sure to go to danaglinsmith.com where you can sign up to get the WIBR Warren Radio Newsletter. And you can also visit our Christian Books and Resource Shop where we feature Christian books and other resources from our Vision Media. And now I welcome in the Watchmen.
You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? Well, we've got a bunch of days of 60-degree weather, and today was just like uh, a beautiful fall day. Oh, I know. It's amazing. So uh, that kind of softens the blow of the nincompoops that are running the country. (laughs) Yeah. It reminds you that there is another power up there. That's right. In the midst of all the things going on. So at any rate... Worry in Isaiah. Yes, and tonight, I Have Chosen brings us to part 111 in Isaiah's prophetic book. We are following the prophecies of Isaiah through discourses here. Now, amidst the devastation of judgment, hope arrives in the form of a declaration that God chose Judah. These words bring reassurances that the Lord God is in charge, he tells them not to fear. And now, back to you. Yeah, we're going to do this. Okay, I'll see you on the other side. Okay. So, we left off over in verse 8 of chapter 41. (coughs) And, uh, you know, this is about being chosen. And whether you believe it or not, Israel isn't the only one that was chosen. But Israel today needs to come to the Lord through Yeshua, Jesus. Some of them have. Matter of fact, quite a few of them have. And there's some great messianic ministries over there preaching Yeshua. But this is the old covenant we're dealing with, and Israel was chosen. And even in the New Covenant, you're still going to find the mention of Abraham and the fact that we inherit the blessings of Abraham because of faith. And it, and Paul brings this together in a special letter, you know, and when you look at his Galatians and Ephesians and some of his epistles that he's teaching, you know, he brings a lot of this out. But see, this is important because they're in the Old Covenant. They had been judged. And, and of course, Isaiah is prophesying all this, okay? So he's letting them know. And we're in the part now to where he's, he's, refl- he's telling them they're going to be, you know, there's a certain time. Daniel mentions it, 70 years, and God's going to deliver them. And uh, so he goes through a lot of this. But in verse 8, he says, But thou, Israel, art my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham, my friend. So, you know, there's three, three phrases here that you need to remember. Israel is his servant. Jacob, I have chosen. And the seed of Abraham, my friend. Now, if you were putting this on on a graph, you would put the phrase, Israel, my servant. And connected to that, you would have Jacob, he has chosen, and they're the seed of Abraham, my friend, or the friend of God. And this is the reason, really, had they not fallen away, that had never gone through this. And also, you know, when we're talking about Jacob, we're talking about the covenant, we're talking about prophecies, we're talking about the coming of Yeshua. We're talking about a lot of things that happened to give us the New Testament in his blood, the blood of the covenant. And so had Israel not ever come back, had Israel just disappeared, there would have been no other covenant. 
So to think that God was able to keep what we call the scarlet line or the scarlet thread of redemption alive all the way from Abraham, all the way through, and flowing uh, through Isaac and on up, uh, you know, it, it, it's an amazing process how he is able to do that. But see, the Lord calls the end from the beginning. So now we're still focusing on this. Um, we're focusing on those things. That Israel is not just another pagan nation. Even today, you know, they're, they still are the seed of Abraham. They're still out of Judah, uh, you know, and... And Jacob, who later became known as Israel. And Israel itself, once you had them all together, and they had both the tribes there before they were split after Solomon, you know, you have the full house of Israel. And so you have a lot of context here when we start talking about them being put into judgment now, see, the northern tribes were engulfed in the world because they had sinned so bad. And God did not bring them back. And, of course, the Israelites, you'll find some of the Jews arguing that there are some of those tribes still there. And no doubt there are. Because whenever uh, a nation like this, uh, they don't just remove everybody. They usually leave people to work the fields. And to keep the economy going, because they want the economy, you know, that that's how they pay for their armies as well, and expand. <clears throat> and so once they set up, a, you know, somebody to run it, you know, everything works out fine. Now, of course, that's really where Babylon got in trouble, <clears throat> because they thought they could just conquer Israel any time they wanted. And then when they tried during Hezekiah... They didn't realize that the 70 years was up. And the 70 years being up, that was it, man. There's nothing they could do. Cyrus defeated them. Now, when you look at the Assyrians, uh, Sargon, who had defeated the northern tribes, and so it was his son, Sennacherib, who decided to go after uh, Jerusalem. Because after all, they had beaten Israel before. It wasn't that big a deal. So they sat at the gates. But they eventually got destroyed by the angel of the Lord. So what we're talking about is promise. You know, who they are. Their identity. And the fact that they, you know, they had backslidden and fallen away. You know, now if you're a pagan nation, it doesn't matter. Because your God is not holy. Your God doesn't care. As far as, you know, the gods, you know, the gods of the nations are idols. Just get that straight. All of them. It was, you know, in the beginning of the Bible, and it was that way. It's that way today. The gods of the nations are idols, period. There's only one true and living God, and that's it. And he sent his only begotten son. Now, see, that's what get, gets Christians and Christianity into trouble, because the nations don't like that part. But that's just tough. But God has a remnant, and he has those that believe. Now, that's the New Testament. Now, the reason I'm bringing them both up, because just like Israel had a lot of uh, phrases that describe it, you know, Abraham, my friend. Well, that's true for us, too, because you find Abraham and us connected through faith. And uh, when you talk about Judah or talking about Jacob or talking about even Isaac. We're connected to them too through Yahshua. And we have our own covenant and it was prophesied through the prophets. So we're connected. And so if you look at this today, we have a lot of issues, a lot of problems. We also have prophecy, and we have the revelation that tells us about the tribulation. There's all kinds of explanations as to how revelation is going to unfold. And really, in, in the whole scheme of things, it don't matter. Because if God is in charge and you trust in him, then that's all you need to do. 
you don't need to worry about all the intricacies. And like I say, anytime you find somebody, and there are plenty of them out there, that can list out every event in Revelation, tell you exactly how it's going to happen, that's when you got to step back. Because, <clears throat> you know, even the children of Israel were off because they didn't even recognize Yahshua when he showed up. So in verse 9 it says, Thou, now thou, whom I have taken from the ends of the earth, Thou, Israel, you're my servant. Jacob, whom I have chosen. The seed of Abraham. He's, he's a, the, Israel is the servant of God. Jacob, who is chosen by the Lord God. And Abraham, my friend, who God blessed. Thou, that's who thou is. And those are promises. You don't become a friend of God and then just say you're going to walk away. Matter of fact, that's clear if you get into Deuteronomy. And you get into the blessings and the curses. You have to understand. But also in there, you're going to find where he says in the last days. There's a prophecy in there in the last days concerning Israel. So when we look at this... Thou whom I have taken from the ends of the earth, and called thee from the chief men thereof, and said unto thee, Thou art my servant, I have chosen thee, and not cast thee away. Well, they've been in captivity for 70 years. Now, if, if you, I mean, take the United States, if suddenly all of America went into captivity for 70 years, and, and God sent a prophet in here and say, Well, I chose you, I built you, I raised you up, and now I'm telling you that you have not been cast away. Well, I sure was, I was cast away. No, that's judgment. So you can imagine that the, that the children of Israel that are sitting in, and they don't even have both tribes. This is, just, this is just Judah, the southern tribe. The other tribe is only God knows where, even to this day. You know, they'll say that, well, they're the lost tribes, and we're always looking for new tribes and new peoples, and, and they've been showing up in the last probably 20, 30 years over in Israel. People from around the world that still keep the law and they they keep the book and, you know, everything like Israel does in the Old Testament. And so we see them come in. <clears throat> but only God knows where they're all at. But see, you would begin to wonder too. And, and so this is why Isaiah is including all of this. You know, it's not going to be judgment without redemptive, uh, some redemptive act, aspect. And I, I tell people this, and I actively teach this, that when you look at judgment from the Lord God, it is always redemptive. Look at Nineveh. He gave them a break. He, you know, the prophet went there and told them to repent, and they would be okay. So they did. But their kids forgot about it, and 70 years later, Nineveh was judged because they forgot. Israel was warned. Moses warned them in Deuteronomy. They were going to fall away. And so we see a lot of this. So in Isaiah 41, 9, I've taken you from the ends of the earth. I called you from the chief men and said in you, you're my servant. I have chosen you and not cast you away. And, and so these are the important things. The first thing Isaiah in verse 8 identifies the very important aspects of Israel and, and their connections to the Lord God. All the Jews know these. They know about this stuff. And so, when we talk about that, now, if we get back to Deuteronomy 7, 6, 9, this is just a little background. And this is what God said at the time in Deuteronomy. For thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God has chosen thee to be a special people unto himself. 
above all people that are upon the face of the earth. Now that's all people. Now this is, of course, before the new covenant was even made known. The Lord did not set his love upon you, nor choose you because you were more in number than any other people. For you are the fewest of all people. See, I mean, normally, I mean, if a man was doing it, you would think, well, if I'm going to have a nation, I want the most populous country there is. But God didn't do that. They were chosen specifically because of Abraham. And it was Abraham's heart. It was his nature. It was who he was. In verse 8, But because the Lord loved you, because he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers, has the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen from the hand of the Pharaoh, king of Egypt? Yeah, he did. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant, uh, covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Now that is even beyond what we're doing. So when we talk about, as a believer, Christian, we believe in Yeshua. He came, represented his father. If you've seen me, you've seen my father. There is the new covenant. And Yahshua died on the cross for our sins, was resurrected from the dead, but he has a father. Now see, there's a lot of people that don't like that. But that's the way it is. But see, he keeps covenant to a thousand generations, and even he himself, you can find this in the Old Testament, says there's coming a day, I'm going to do a new work which you wouldn't believe. I'm going to take my laws. I'm going to write them in your heart. There would come a time when he would put his spirit within them. There would be there'd be a time he would come when he said, "The kingdom of God is within you." That's what Yahshua did. And in John 17, and I finished an I did an article today. On John 17 today, it was, uh, and you can find it on our website at warren-usa.com. And, and it relates to some of this stuff in that what the Lord had said and how it reflects to us today. Because if God, and see, take note here, if God will judge Israel, both houses, at different times, because of their sins. One sin so bad, they are totally removed, uprooted, and removed. He doesn't bring them back. He will regather them during the new covenant and bring them in. But, Judah, he sent out. For 70 years, one generation. And now he's bringing them back. And they're going to be in the land, be in charge for a while, but eventually the land gets taken over by Rome. And the Jews are scattered again in the earth. Now, there's always been Jews living in the land that they were giving, given, but not like they should be. The fulfillment of the whole thing is, is not near complete. But verse 10, verse 10 of 41 says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed. The word dismayed means bewildered. Well, you see, when you talk about be, being bewildered, I think of someone that is absolutely surprised, doesn't know what to do, and have no clue where to go from there. I mean, Biden is is uh, bewildered, but he's also confused, and he has partial dementia right now, maybe even full. And so the Democrats are using him as much as they can to get what they want. 
But you see, the thing of it is, is that when things happen, you get bewildered. And he says, fear not, I'm with you. And the thing that's different is, you know, if you're sitting here before you go in, and this is the way Isaiah wrote this, you know, it's a prophecy, but they hadn't gone into Judah, I mean, into captivity yet. And then when God sent Jeremiah, you know, the people weren't going to listen to him. The people didn't want to hear him. And they refused to listen. They were comfortable in Zion. They didn't think it could ever happen. And then they went into captivity. And you might think that for the first few years, well, God isn't going to leave us here. But he did. 30 years passed by, and they were still in captivity. Generations had already started dying off. You had new generations that never even knew much about the Lord God. And they didn't have a temple. They didn't have a system of worship. They had things that they uh, that goes back to their heritage that they would have tried to kept, like Daniel and Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego did, and others. But for the most part, by the time you get to 60 years, you're going to be thinking, man, we're, we're lost. And Daniel even admits that he was looking through the books and he found what he was looking for because he knew that God had put a limit on it and he thought it was about time to be up. And Daniel had been in Babylon by that time for a long time. So when he says, fear thou not, I am with thee, be not dismayed, for I am thy God, he knows they're going to be bewildered. He knows they're going to be dismayed. He knows it's going to be common. You go through judgment like that. You go there for a long time. And even though you know that God's not going to forsake you, you wonder, has he? You know, why, why am I not delivered? And not to mention the fact Ezekiel didn't do anything wrong, and he went in there. He was the prophet. Nevertheless, look at Daniel. If Daniel hadn't gone, I'll tell you, some of the best prophecies we got came out of Daniel. And he was in captivity. God is not limited by captivity. God is not limited by destruction, by the whirlwind, or by anything else. See, we got this big thing that came on the news uh, about the weather changing. They talked about the witchy whirlwinds. Well, I got news for you. You don't need to worry about the witch in the whirlwind. You need to understand about the Lord God in the whirlwind. Because if you look up whirlwind in the Old Testament, you're going to find that the Lord is that whirlwind. The Lord has his way in the whirlwind. And if you want to talk about something that's powerful, that's who you want to fear. You don't want to fear a witch in a whirlwind. You want to fear the Lord God in a whirlwind that comes with judgment. Yea, that's who you need to fear. And as there is a God in heaven, America, you think that you're worried about the witch in the whirlwind? You think you're worried about all these all these groups that are going around wanting to tear down your country? You better fear the Lord thy God. It's time for you to repent, America, and understand the truth behind these things. Israel didn't know. They went into captivity, and when they got done with that captivity, after 70 years, they knew who was in charge because God brought them back. He gave them their town back, Jerusalem. They were to build the walls. They built the temple. They were retrained in how to keep the law because they didn't know better. They'd been in a pagan country. See, that's what happens. For I am thy God, Elohim, meaning the supreme God. Now, that is a plural usage there. I always see the, the three, you know, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I will strengthen thee, I will help thee, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Now this may be a stretch for you, but even in judgment that he brings upon them, he'll only bring it when it's righteous. Everything he does is righteous. The leading thought w within this and you can go clear back to verse 8, which we we were talking about, is the servant of Jehovah. 
the reasons that God chose them and that he's going to be faithful to that covenant. Now, you understand something, Christian, and I'm putting that in here for a reason. And that is you need to understand that the Lord said, I would never leave you or forsake you. And the Jews had the prophets. Christians, we have the prophets, but we also have the apostles. We have the Lord's words written in the gospel. And the minute you begin to tell yourself that those words aren't what he said, and that the gospel's no good, and the, and the apostles are liars, then you're going to go to hell. Because you're going to fall away. Understand something. You're going to have to understand this. And that is... Everybody is going to live by the word of the Lord. Everybody. I don't care what color you are. I don't care what skin color. I don't care how racist you are, not racist. I don't care how pearly white or how black you are or ebony. I don't care. If you've got breath, the Lord God made you and he gave you this earth for you to live on and you're going to stand before him in judgment and you can stand here and you can blame the whites, you can blame the Mexicans, you can blame Biden, you can blame everybody you want to. But the bottom line of it is America's screwed up today because of sin and iniquity and a pride. You get rid of that, you repent wholeheartedly, and God will heal this nation. But until that moment, America, you're going to have a hard time trying to get this country back to the way you think it needs to be. And there's a whole pile of them out there that don't want this back. They're blaming all the whites. And if they're not blaming the whites, they're blaming somebody else. But the bottom line of it is, if God will send his people into judgment, he will send America in a heartbeat because of the sins. And it's all because of sins, both of them. They wouldn't listen. Nineveh listened the first time. The second time it didn't. It's gone. Babylon is gone. The Assyrians are gone. Now, there's some of their heritage is still around. But their great nation that they built is gone. And the Jews are in the land today trying to stand on the promises that God gave them, and they don't have hardly any of the land that they're supposed to have. And they're not going to get it, not right now. And they are surrounded by enemies. And if you read in Deuteronomy, you're going to find out the blessings and the cursings that God said, you choose this day whom you're going to serve. The problem of it is you can choose one day, and several centuries later some of your Children won't, and then God sends judgment. Because God doesn't forget a covenant. And Israel's still suffering from the violation of that original covenant. But see, there are other things that's happening too. God is working on bringing them back. There's a lot of prophecy that needs to be fulfilled. Now, for us, believers you know when Paul sought relief from certain aspects in verse 9 he relates and he said unto me my grace is sufficient unto the, for thee for my strength is made perfect in weakness most gladly therefore I will rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me He besought the Lord to have a certain thing leave him. But the Lord said, in essence, no, my grace is sufficient. And there's troublous times. You may say, Lord, I don't want these troublous times. And the Lord is saying to the Christian believers today, my grace is sufficient for you. The problem of it is you don't stick around long enough for him to give you any grace. You run away. You don't spend time in the word. You don't spend time praying and seeking him. You don't know how to rebuke and bind the enemy. You don't know how to fight that warfare that you should know. You're still sucking on the pablum bottle, and you don't know how to handle the strong meat of the gospel, the aged. There's another one that describes today, too, in Psalm 46. This is well known. See, because today the kingdoms are raging Everybody has an issue. You know, you talk about COVID. You're always reading articles out of New Zealand or Australia. 
you know, you're reading them from Europe, you're reading them also from America, you know, and you've got this rage going on. You have the leaders that are locking everything down. You've got people rioting, and you've got chaos, and then at the same time, you've got, in Africa, you've got different radical Islamic groups that are slaughtering Christians. And at the same time, you've got China raising up and treating Christians, trying to get rid of them, everything they can, get the, get the scripture out of them. And they're working with the kids now. So every kid, every Chinese child that gets into their educational system, they begin to teach them an antichrist uh, Chinese culture only. And they will denigrate Christianity. See, this is the attack of the Antichrist. Antichrist has been in the world. Even now there are many Antichrists, we're told, out of Scripture. So in Psalm 46, in verse 6, The heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved, and he uttered his voice, and the earth melted. Now go look at Psalm 2. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Now see, that's a good verse. I like that verse. Come, behold the works of the Lord, what desolations he has made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease upon the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burns the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I'll be exalted among the heathen. I'll be exalted in the earth. In the, earth. the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Now see, for us, the God of Jacob is the Lord God, our Father. Lord of hosts, he is the Lord God. But today, Yahshua, Jesus, has been appointed Lord of Lord and King of Kings. Everything is in his hands. And Paul delineates that real well in Corinthians about how the Lord is going to fulfill what he has called, been called to do. But it's a good description because today we have the heathen raging and, and the upset and the turmoil in the nations are so bad is as if the kingdoms are being moved. I mean, there's just so much turmoil, so many things. People are upset. There's no peace around. Are we going to be alive? Are we going to be destroyed? What do we do? They're talking about shortages. They're talking about even today China came out and they were telling their people today, it made the news, they were telling the Chinese people that you need to stock up on food. They said the same thing. I seen it yesterday as well on our feeds that we have. Read Psalm 2 again, I remind you, because you're going to find out. Why do the heathen rage and the peoples imagine a vain thing? Against the Lord and his anointed. Because they want to cast away the bonds of the Lord, everything that, that he had put down. They want to change everything. They want to go against the code of God in everything he created. God created men and women. Now today we have all kinds of non-binary and every other kind of description. Well, I'm a neutral sex. No, you're not. You can whack off your penis until the end of the world, but you're still going to be what God created you on the end time because your physiological input on the inside is what God created you, and that's the way you are. And you can dress up like another sex or do whatever you want to dress up like a Martian, but when God, when you stand before the Lord, you'll be in your spirit form, and he'll know exactly who he created and who you are and how you've lied to yourself. Make no mistake about it. God is not fooled by your foolishness. You're deceived. And Paul makes a well point of this in the New Testament, talking about we are the light. The others are in darkness. They don't know. We're, we're the light. That's why we're supposed to be doing the gospel. That's why we're supposed to be speaking out. So the others, the light can shine in their heart, and they can be redeemed, and they can know too. And I like this, Psalm 37, and I'm giving you these two because the children of Israel needed this. These are Psalms of Israel. These ain't Psalms of the Gentiles. What does this tell you? It tells you that some of the things they went through, we're going through right now. Although they were Israel, they were Judah, they were the northern tribes, guess what, folks? 
They're human beings, and they went through this. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Is that any different today? No. Though he falls, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him. That's what he was doing under the old covenant. Is he doing that today? You bet, because as a Christian you fall, he will lift you up. If you're a sinner and you call upon him, he will lift you up. Give me a break. You think the old covenant is is gone? It's not gone. It's being fulfilled. The Lord said, I've come not to destroy the law, but to fulfill the law. I've been young and now I'm old. And I love this verse. Can anybody, does anybody know this one? I have been young and now I'm old. Psalm 37, 25. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread? Why is that so important? They're talking about famine. Joe Biden over there is talking about, you know, <laughs> your company has got to require you to have a vaccine. Doesn't matter that it's been killing even doctors. I mean, we have got, Tower and I have personally researched, we have found, and, and we're not the only ones, top scientists worldwide who says this thing is dangerous don't take it don't go in the hospital they'll kill you because of their protocols and so he's making all these things so you're going to be forced to take the vaccine or get fired you get fired or you quit maybe you retire but then the end comes your economy falters. You know, it's really funny that they're talking about starvation now because the farmers gave us notice about two months ago that the Biden administration was sending out letters to them that tells them that they had to get rid of their crops and they would give them money. Sounds like a pre-made problem, doesn't it? Make no mistake, there's people up in power now that are plotting the downfall of America. And they're, they're sitting up there pulling the strings right now. Not going to have any food. There's going to be a shortage. They can't deliver them off the dock. That's a bunch of nonsense. Don't you think they knew those ships were out there in, in the ocean off of uh, San Diego and L.A. and all these other places to unload? Don't you think they knew they were out there in the middle of the Gulf? What do you think that the Coast Guard is doing all day? Nothing. We knew they were out there. All of a sudden, well, we can't do any nothing because, you know, we got all these ships and we can't unload them. Why? Because of the policies. Because of what these mayors and these governors have done. Because of what the government's doing. Because they're trying to destroy your country. All of this is coming because of sin. But see, what I'm trying to tell you to those who believe, I have been young, the psalmist says, and now I'm old, and that means he's gone through a lot of stuff. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging bread. And those are verses you can claim. If you're righteous, if you love the Lord, if you're a believer today in Yeshua, you can stand up and believe. You don't have, you don't have uh, any bread, you don't have any wheat, then you believe God to put it there right on your table. You believe. You believe there's no water in the rock. You believe that it'll spout out of the rock. If there's no way for you to go, you believe God to make a way for you to go. You pray. You fast. You command these things. You bring them in. And in the end, if you die, well, at least you tried and you walked by faith. But see, understand this. It was the same way for Israel. They had gone into captivity for 70 years. And so the prophet... It's given him the promises. These are the kind of promises that you remember when everything's been taken away from you. So if you're alive when America is totally destroyed, and you're sitting on a rock, wailing and crying and throwing dust on your head, which was a sign of repentance in the Old Testament, You'll remember. You need to have something to look back on. God is not going to forsake his own. Now, he may not come in the rapture as many Christians believe he is at the time they believe. 
but he is not going to forsake him. In the same token, 69 years they weren't going to be delivered. 69 years and 6 months they weren't going to be delivered. 69 years and 11 months they weren't going to be delivered. 70 years the judgment was up and God would, would be working to get them out. The Lord is always on time. Now I can tell you as Americans, we would have wanted to somewhere in that process try to negotiate for a shortage of sentence. Lord, make it, you know, come on, make it 25 years. I mean, that, that, that's like uh, two decades plus uh, five years. I mean, after all, we were good people. We were chosen. No, it was 70 years. And God tells his people, even as Christians today, and he's dealing with Israel. You worry about Israel getting saved. Israel's going to get saved. People are going to come to the Lord, and they're working right now. But we are in the end times, the troubled times. Verse 11, he says, Behold, all they that were incensed against thee, the Chaldeans, that they're the ones, that Babylon, who had made war with him, shall be ashamed and confounded. In other words, overcome and destroyed. And he says, they shall be as nothing. They that strive with thee shall perish, the Babylonians. The Babylonians have been holding them in captivity are going to be destroyed. In verse 60 of Isaiah, in verse 14, it says, The sons of them that afflicted thee shall come bending unto thee, and all they that despise thee shall bow themselves down at the soles of thy feet, and they shall call thee the city of the Lord, the Zion of the Holy One of Israel. That's when the enemies fall at the feet. And he was talking to the children of Israel. Now see, lest you think we've been forgotten, go into Revelation 3 and verse 9. Let's go to verse 8. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Behold, I'll make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I'll make them come and worship at thy feet, and to know that I have loved thee. He's speaking to the believers, the new covenant. God knows those who are his. And what does he do that? Verse 10, because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly, hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Those are great verses. But see, we're in Isaiah. And Isaiah is addressing the people that have gone into captivity the longest. They were the ones who had the priests, the prophets. They had the temple. They had Jerusalem. They had Jerusalem under Solomon as one of the greatest city on the face of this earth. The glory of Israel was like no under it, uh, no other at that time. And they lost it. They lost everything. Because of sin and pride and refusal to repent. Point again. And this is not just addressed to America, but to the nations. Because there are nations like China who have openly made war against the Lord God and his son. North Korea has done the same thing. Throughout Africa, there's countless lives that have been lost. Men, women, and children in entire villages and churches. 
to the likes of people like Boko Haram, Al-Shabaab, Al-Qaeda, ISIS, the Fulani, and others. We find the Taliban now under the control and having millions and millions of dollars worth of American equipment, one of the top bases. Biden just turned over, full of military intelligence. The Chinese have it now. And you think everything's going to be fine. Things are changing in the world. America is weakening. We're divided and been divided for a long time. The Lord God sent me two warnings in the last, I think, I don't know, five or ten years. One, confirming how divided this nation was, and two, when a judgment was to begin. Now, when we look at this, we want... And we look to the Lord. We'd like to have our nation healed. If you're going to destroy America, give us part of an America. It don't depend on us. It depends on him. Unless, of course, we can repent. Now, see, Isaiah goes on to talk about their enemies. He says... In verse 12, thou shalt seek them, meaning those that used to war against you, and shall not find them, even them that contended with thee. They that war against thee shall be as nothing, as a thing of naught. Now you see, our enemies aren't like that, are they? We got thousands of illegals that have come to this country already under Biden, and we got thousands more coming. And in those are radical people who want to destroy America. And they're going to openly make war on this soil. Just like they do overseas. And you can thank the Democrats and you can thank Joe Biden. But most of all, you can look to the sins of this country which enabled it. <coughs> Now Psalms 37, 34 says, Wait on the Lord and keep his way, and he shall exalt thee to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see it. Now that literally happened with them because they were going to inherit the land again. And the wicked, guess what? They were cut off. Babylon was cut off. There was no enemy that could stop it. Matter of fact, Cyrus, the, the, and, and he was the anointed one of God, Scripture says, he defeated him. And he commanded Israel to go back and rebuild everything. Psalmist goes on to say, I have seen the wicked in great power spreading himself like a green bay tree, yet he passed away, and lo, he was not. Yea, I sought him, but he could not be found. That's right. We've listed the nation. Some of them, you can't even find him anymore. And all the wicked today and all those that are challenging God one day will be gone. One day there will be no more China. There will be no more Communist Party. There will be no more Kim Jong-un and his family and those who are ruling these people. Such a hard work. The Taliban will be no more. The whoredoms in America and around the world will be no more. But in verse 37 it says, Mark that perfect man. Mark the perfect man. Here meaning also women, children. Behold the upright. That's who we're looking at, the upright. But whoever that person is, mark them. Take a look at them. For the end of that man is peace. He may not have all the peace in this world, but he'll have reward of eternal peace when it's over. But the transgressors shall be destroyed together, and the end of the wicked shall be cut off. And for you today, you need to get into the Word of God. You need to find some of these scriptures. 
and you need to believe God. And you can intercede for America. And you can ask God to spare her or to heal her. But the bottom line of it is, God is the one in charge. And no, he's not out golfing somewhere. And I think that's the most, you know, of anything. When we talk about what do I do? You trust the Lord and move forward. You don't worry about it. Don't worry about tomorrow. Take care of today. Enjoy every hour and second God gives you. Thank him for it. Praise him. And when an enemy comes up or something that threatens you, pray about it. Seek his face. God can make a way in the whirlwind. And I think that's important. If you've ever been in a dust storm, that's not too bad. If you've ever been in a tornado, that's kind of bad. And if you've ever been in a hurricane, well, that can be real bad. But when we talk about a whirlwind, the whirlwind of the Lord, that's unlike anything we've ever seen. And so on the Weather Channel, they had to find some way to describe how bad this this particular whirlwind was, and they chose which. I got a better one. The Lord God. Don't worry about the witch in the whirlwind. Worry about the Lord in the whirlwind if you don't serve him. If you serve him, you don't have to worry about it because in the midst of the whirlwind, he's there. You do know that in the middle of a hurricane, there's a, a time that's called the eye, and that's where it's peaceful. Yeah, well, the Lord in the midst of a whirlwind is the eye in that whirlwind, and that's where the peace is. That's where you find safety. Father, we thank you for your mercy today and your love. Bless all those who hear it whenever they do. Guide our steps in these perilous times and keep us. Keep all those who listen to this. Lord, meet their needs, spiritual, physical, or financial. Father, make a way for them. Draw them to yourself. May they repent and walk in your ways. In Jesus' name. And in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, in the powers of darkness from the preaching, teaching, streaming of this word. Amen. Okay, Tower. Okay, here we are. That was good tonight. And I, I especially liked your description of the hurricane and the eye and the safety. And the Lord is in the eye of the hurricane whirlwind. Well, we're getting here. <laughs> well, we, the hurricane hasn't hit full or, or the whirlwind, but it, it's, it's getting there. Yes, it is. Not looking forward to any of that. Well, like the Lord told Paul, my grace is sufficient for thee. Amen. And he said he would never leave us or forsake us. But he will judge the wicked. Yes, he will. Make no mistake about it. There are so many people living in fear in America. They're willing to get a, sh a COVID shot that will absolutely destroy you. That's sad, sad. And there's top virologists who say that once you take this shot, you've got so many years to live. I've heard two separate virologists say that. I think that's tragic. We just have to keep praying and believing. Yep. We got to get out of here. Okay. Good night, everybody. We love you. We hope the best for you. Look to the Lord. He will take care of you. We pray for you. We love you. 
and may God bless you richly. Good night. Don't forget to go by the websites warn-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. Until next time, shalom, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warn Radio. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warn Radio.